I'm good, thanks. How are you, Ashley? I'm good. I thought we could do an ASMR special for this week's podcast. Yeah, great. What do you think? Go through the usual preamble, then, using your ASMR voice. I can't remember what I usually say. You usually say, like, you know, episode number, welcome to the podcast, all that jazz? Oh, yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode, was it, 19? 19.6. Episode 19 of the real podcast, episode 6 of the lockdown specials, uh, with me, Ashley. And Chris, who isn't doing ASMR. I'm not doing that anymore either. It's too much. I'm too loud. I'm too loud a person to specialise in ASMR. I thought it was alright. I was starting to feel little tingles. I'm not sure that I needed to know that. What, what not do you sexual. Mean? So this is. Uh, what do you mean by tingles? Because I don't. I've listened to ASMR and I've never had any real response. And people say about the tingles. I was just going along with it. No, I didn't feel any tingles either. Which you know might comfort you, might not. I don't know how you. Yeah, I'm, I'm pro. I'm a bit. I'm. I think I'm happy you didn't feel any tingles. But I don't know what a tingle is. Is it like chills up your spine, sort of? I think it's just supposed to be quite relaxing. I know there's people who go to bed listen to ASMR. Yeah, I'm. But mm. it doesn't doesn't do anything for me. No, me neither. I've re- have you seen those? I've I've said that. I've never actually tried it. It just I just don't see the appeal person. I I have tried it. I, I like I've had to, I've had a go at listening to it to see if I got any response because I was just too curious not to. But the the video that I found actually, or well, there's so many of them, but the one that I ended up watching was uh, somebody with a microphone that was shaped like a pair of ears. Have you seen that? Like it's a stereo microphone. And it's got two ears on either side, and they right. were sort of doing things into one side and then the other and the other, and it would move from one of your ear, ears to the other ear, but the actual microphone they were using was shaped like an ear. At one point, she was rubbing the lobes of the ears, and it was like making a, a noise. you never seen that? I'm not fa- a fan of this. You're not so sure sounds... now about it no. not being a sexual thing, are you? <laughs> I... I know people say I know people say it's not sexual, but mm, come on, it's too prevalent for it all to be sexual. But there's definitely well, I know for a, for a certain that there's a sexual element to it for a lot of people. So I was reading an article earlier today about uh, VR porn, and apparently on Pornhub last year, the second most searched for keyword was alien. What VR VR alien porn? No, no, just it was just about. That that bit of the article was just about porn in general, and it said that on Pornhub last year, alien was the second most searched for term, and I didn't really know what conclusions to draw from that. Is that worldwide or country specific? Worldwide. Right, okay. I'd like to see what the breakdown is for the UK. Where did you see that article? It was in the Times yesterday. Okay. I was reading it this morning. The journalist was trying to draw a link between the whole Area 51 thing that happened last year and that, but I'm, mm. I'm not sure if I mean, that's quite tenuous. Yeah. Has Alien featured prominently in the top 10 in previous years? I don't know. That's a fair question. He didn't say. And one that the journalist should have covered. Yeah. Because if shocking. it was number three last the year before, then no, no causation is there. No. No correlation. Well, Blame Murdoch against Times. Yeah, well, he's he's to blame for a lot of things. <laughs> um, what was I? Gizmodo. Gizmodo often run uh, like little breakdowns of the top search terms for pornography, and they tend to do it country by country. So you get to see what perversions everybody has, depending on. Oh, where really? They live. Can you can you think of any off the top of your head? Can you remember any? No, I can't. It's been a long time actually that since right. I saw an episode, uh, saw a, an article on Gizmodo, but. That's definitely, it's worth keeping an eye on. 
because they are an interesting insight into humanity. Mm, I can well imagine. Yeah. Have you seen that? I think it's Pornhub have made their entire premium service free for a month. Yes, I, I wasn't aware of that. And then that was in the article earlier. And yeah. it then started talking about the, the impact that had on their traffic during lockdown. It was a, well, an interesting I, I Again, this is Gizmodo that I read this on. Apparently, it had a slight spike in the first couple of weeks and then just leveled off to normal levels. Oh, like people okay. went for it like bunnies and then just went, there's probably better things to do. ASMR. Yeah, look, well, they're probably incorporating it in. It's free on YouTube, we don't need to pay for. Well, I don't know, maybe... Is your game linked to ASMR at all? No. Right, what's your No, game? not at all. Although I do play it with headphones, but that's for a different reason. My game is City Skylines. Right. Okay. You weren't expecting that, were you? I, I feel wasn't. like you're on a... tenterhooks waiting for, waiting for things that I've talked to you about to come up. Did you tell me some games you were going to play and then just have not played them deliberately? <laughs> Slapped them off. <laughs> Uh, no, no, not at all. Why? What did I say? Rock band? Yeah. No, Rocksmith. Rocksmith. Mm. And was there anything else? No, it was just. You Rocksmith just sat there waiting for me to bring Rocksmith. Yeah, on, aren't I? I've wanted well, Rocksmith. Uh, we'll do it at some point. But episode eight, episode uh, twenty-one. What I'm trying to focus on is the game that, for the last week or so, or two weeks, has sort of kept my attention or dra- or. Or grabbed my attention. And for some so, reason, this week, it was City Skylines. What is City Skylines? I'm aware of the title, but beyond that, I know absolutely nothing about this game whatsoever. So you know SimCity? Yes. Is it just Sim that? City, SimCity is the precursor to City Skylines. Right. That's what I assumed was the case. Do you remember when the last SimCity game came out? Do you remember anything about it? I think it was 2013. I had SimCity 3000. This was on a PC that we had in probably like 2001. Yeah. So you're, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a number of SimCity games that have come out, including SimCity 4 after right. SimCity 3000. But uh, the last SimCity came out in 2013, I think. I should have looked that up, but I think it was 2013. And it was hammered, critically. Do you not remember any of this? Was it one that was a freemium one? It wasn't that it was a freemium game. It was an always online game. So there was a big Ferrari about games always having to have an internet connection. And this was on the vanguard of that of that issue, really, this game. Right. No, I don't remember that at all. The reason that developers say you have to have an internet connection for games uh, varies from game to game. But this one, the EA, it was EA. So obviously that exacerbates things because people mm-hmm. uh, like to get their pitchforks out for EA but Indeed. I mean they sometimes do deserve it and maybe this was one situation but they they said that there was these features that you needed to be online for and one of them was that they, the cities that you created were going to be connected to other people's cities and if right. you didn't do and it was an integral part of the game and if you didn't do that if you didn't have an online connection then you couldn't have those connections and therefore the game wouldn't work okay so people were mad about that anyway before the game came out. And then the game came out and the game got a day one patch. This is off the top of my head. So if I've got any of this wrong, please do correct me. If you're That's listening and you're... Cool oh, I'm talking more to the listeners. Oh, okay, if, they're, if they're sat at home raging as they listen to me get all of this wrong, please do let me know. <laughs> and then I can correct it. I'll, I'll do some errata in the next episode. But anyway, 
the the game pre prior to it coming out they said all this it has to be connected for these reasons and people were up in arms about it uh it was happening too often uh for it to be palatable for a lot of people you don't remember that no not at all so what year was this sorry I think it was 2013. Okay, 2013. People were really looking forward to SimCity. It hadn't come out for a while. And that is the backdrop for City Skylines. So it's kind of similar, actually, to what was happening with Planet Zoo. People were clamouring after, or Planet Coaster in particular, people were clamouring after that kind of roller coaster tycoon-esque experience. Same same with SimCity. People really wanted a new SimCity, and then SimCity mm. came out and it was an absolute drag. So people jumped off, off that bandwagon, and Paradox Interactive, who were the developers, uh, came out and, and gave the people what they wanted, I suppose, because uh, City Skylines is, is wonderful. Really, really nice game. And a worthy successor to the to the SimCity style game. So is it like the best version of SimCity that has been released so far, you would say? I certainly enjoy it, yeah. I've very recently got back into it. So I played it when it came out and then it was given away for, well, as part of our PS Plus thing a couple of months ago, I think, on PlayStation. Before that, I played it on the PC and it was great and I enjoyed it and then fell fell off it a little bit as you do with games and then it came out for free and this week for some reason just decided to pop it on and then yesterday or the day before was on it for about eight hours into the evening well into the evening the time just like disappeared it was ridiculous so what was it you doing yesterday for eight hours then is it um it is the gameplay then i'll rephrase that question is it that it's a sandbox are there levels what was it that took you eight hours well you start off with, like, it, you can play it as a sandbox, and I think there are campaigns as well, but generally I, I tend to start off with, like, an empty field and then start building your city. So you, you start off with this empty empty space and some roads that connect your empty space to the outside world, and you connect up those roads to roads that you build, and then off the side of these roads you can zone different areas to be for residential or commercial or industrial use and then within that system you can you can zone those further down so you can you can sort of go low density high density or in the case of commercial spaces you can have office spaces instead of sort of general commercial in the case of industrial you can have like heavy polluting industrial you can have Mm -hmm. i think you can have in one of the dlcs you can have like green industrial you can have farming you can have forestry and and diversify in those sorts of ways and take advantage of the resources that you have so you you set up your you set up your initial like little hamlet however you want so that it's got residents and it's got jobs and then you try and grow the population to a point where you can then expand a little bit further and expand a little bit further. Uh, you also have to set up all of the... You have to address all of the needs of the city. So they need water and they need electricity. as very basic yeah. uh, requirements. So you set, you set all that system up. And then as you grow, you can add things like police stations, fire stations, and all of those different uh, civil civil services that we rely on from day to day. So I took, in that eight hours, I took a city from nothing to having 30,000 occupants. Wow. But in the, in the pro, I mean, it sounds, I, I don't know. What does that sound like to you? Does that sound good or does that sound? So I'm having flashbacks to SimCity 3000, but I, I'm going to caveat this already. I do think I was playing it wrong. Oh. I started playing SimCity 3000 and I just found it really tedious, like the whole... Oh placing houses and then having to put water pipes into the grounds and doing electricity i i just i gave up i 
just found it so tedious. But right. I don't know if I was maybe doing something wrong because the way you described that, it sounds like you just kind of assign an area, right? That's your industrial area or that's your residential. And then do you then have to manually place the water pipes and electricity yeah. or does it do it for you? No, you place your infrastructure. Do you not find that tedious? No, but that's the thing, I suppose. I think it's a long time, a long, long time since I've played SimCity, but I think that the ways that they've adapted the systems of SimCity for cities is to try and address some of those tedious elements. So refined it. So instead of having to... I, I t- you didn't zone in SimCity, did you? No, I remember having to place... any Individuals. Kind of I remember having to place individual houses and... Yeah, that's what I thought. So this, this, yeah. you you get blocks off the sides of roads. So every time you build a road, you get this grid next to the road, and then you can zone an entire block as residential, and then houses will pop up. And as right. you as you provide education uh, for them, as you provide different services for them, the houses will increase in value and increase in quality, and the housing will will get better and better. And you can have high density and low density. And I think. Uh, it has it's not available in the in the PlayStation version, but I'm sure there was a middle ground, like a medium density for each of the commercial, residential and, and industrial as well. So you're not having to place sing individual buildings. So maybe that would address some of the tedium. I'm just thinking, uh, you, you said about in the our Lego DC Superfillings episode yeah. uh, a few episodes ago now, about that longevity and the way that while the game the core gameplay remains the same they're doing tinkering with things under the hood to make it a, a more accessible gameplay experience so yeah i've still been playing a lot more lego dc Superfans since last episode we've now done the main campaign we're doing there's a lot of side stuff on there and one thing that springs to mind for example is when you go back to replay a level now on, on lego dc Superfans, it you can jump in to a, a different part of the level. So if there's a collector where you've missed right at the end of the level, you could jump into a bit just before that yeah. bit of it. Yeah. And it also tells you in the bit where you jump into it, it tells you on oh, this half the level, you've got these collectibles still to find. But in this half the level, you've got these collectibles still to find. So it even breaks it down to the specifics. And again, you can go in, you can, if you've collected the thing you need, you can then click save and exit and you straight out. I remember previous Lego games, you just, if you had a collectible right at the end of the level, you'd have to, Carry the hollow to get to that point. We we talked a little bit about that, didn't we? Quality of yeah. life improvements. That's the phrase she said. Yeah, and it sounds to me like like City Skyline is very much in with that. That yeah. they're just making it better for the user. I think so. And we something else that we also talked about was um, emergent gameplay. I think yes. that was yeah, something we that we talked about in Animal Crossing. And I think that the element of emergent gameplay in this would be would be the stories that get told within that structure of the game. So yes, all of the stuff that I've described, uh, I asked you what you thought of it and you, you gave me an answer that didn't surprise me, to be honest, that you might see that or, or it might sound a bit tedious, but there's actual stories going on. If you get invested in your city, as I can and do, you, mm-hmm. you see something happen and it's down to you. You've made that happen and it's it's created a problem. So yes, in this eight hour stint, I had this moment where I realized that in, in a, I'll try and keep this brief, but in a water system, you have your water coming into the system and then you have your effluents coming out of the system. And okay. in the game, you have, you have pumping stations bringing it in and then you have sewage going out and you can dump your raw sewage. In fact, at the beginning of a city, you only have one option in terms of how to get rid of your sewage, and that is to dump it. In the sea. Or into a water source. So if you've got a river, that's not so bad because the river will flush it down system and you won't end up with 
polluted water. But when you've only got a bay, you've got your pumping stations yeah. in one area of the bay and you've got your, your sewage in another. And I knew that, because I hadn't played this game for a long while before this week, uh, I knew that the pollution would sort of creep and creep and creep. But I was fairly certain that there was a water treatment plant or something that would allow me to fix the pollution problem. But it got to a point where my pollution was getting so bad that I had to move my sewage pumps away to try and protect my intake. Right. And then there was pollution on, on the left-hand side of my pump in, uh, of my intake. And so I moved it to the other side of the bay. And then the pollution started to creep up towards my pumping stations from the other side. So my pumping stations were just in this like, like tiny little bit of pristine water with pollution everywhere around it. And I was racing against the time to try and build my city up, get enough people in it to get the water treatment plant that I thought was going to solve all my problems. And in the meantime, this pollution was closing and closing in. And it got to the point where I was like 300 people away from unlocking this water treatment plant. And the pollution just got close, too close to my pumping stations. And there was like this wave of sickness that spread across my across my city and you just saw it happen there's like these little icons that pop up when people have got problems or or whatever in a building and this wave of illness icons just spread all across my city the whole thing and then people started dying and i was trying to build my city up to try and uh, get this pumping station that was going to help me but people were dying (laughs) so my, my population was going down so then i had to try and figure out a way to solve this problem and the, the way that I figured was you, you have you start off with a single square and you can buy, you can purchase plots of land on either side of, of that single square. So there was a bay in my single square, but then across the map, about three areas away, was another bay. Right. So I bought my way to that bay, but I had to I still had to try and get an unlock, had to solve the problem in the short term. To try and buy my way up to the bay, I managed it, but in the in the interim, I had to deal with this huge crisis of people dying left, right, and centre across the city. I had to I had to solve the problem of where they're all going to be buried because I was running out of space in my cemeteries. I had to try and fix the problem momentarily of killing people with the water, but I also had to try and sort of similar to this situation that we're we're in right now. It was like damage limitation in, in a exactly lot of ways. I was just thinking it's it's it sounds very. Uh... Yeah. yeah like a fable it was brilliant it like the the game yeah the game is just sort of placing zoning this area and and putting your pipes in and stuff and i'm just wondering if uh if you've got a city that's you know got a bay for the poo essentially why are yeah. people moving to that city i wouldn't well for for how long was the it uh, was the thames the same or or the humber which is you know local to us the ability it was on uh monkman and seagull last week did you watch that no so you know monkman and seagull the two that were on university challenge a few years ago yeah uh they presented a program that just finished on bbc2 this week just gone called uh the genius guide to britain and it was uh they posited that the period 1750 to 1900 was the the time in which Britain made these huge scientific advances that really helped the world. And in the last episode, so between 1850 and 1900, one of the things was the fact that that was the, the guy that I can't remember the name of created this sewage works that was, uh, you know, uh, downstream from the Thames that pumped all the water out and how that can be revolutionised London as a city. It was really interesting. Yeah, well, this is what I was going to say. So they are real world problems that people mm. really had to solve in 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 our real world. And we, we spent so long not understanding the significance of, of dirty water systems and a lack of, of public health. So 
that game has kind of captured an element of the real world in in pushing you into a situation where you have to think about that that system. If it gave me all of the tools to solve that problem in the first place, then I wouldn't have ever run into it. But also, I would have missed out on what what actually makes the game worthwhile, and it's it's this it's the story. It's the story that crops up out of putting all of these game game systems together mm. and le- leaving you to solve these problems, putting you in a situation where with good planning you can avoid crises but then inevitably will land yourself in another crisis that you then have to think your way out of see i never with SimCity 3000 i never felt that emotional connection at all it was just a a city that i was tinkering about with and i I never felt anything at all and i think that actually cities does that a lot better so but that's to be expected in a way because we're talking about a game that is one it's built on the it's built on the shoulders of that particular giant, mm. frankly. SimCity, SimCity Skylines would not exist without the the SimCity games or or any of those other management sims or city building sims that have existed. Man sims. Thank you. So we, I, I'm not, I'm not trying. I don't want to talk SimCity down at all. I think SimCity was a brilliant game. I think Sims, uh, I think Cities Skylines. It's a lot of S's, a lot of sibilants there are. in this. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's refined the, the game to such an extent that it's, it is a much better game. Now, I am aware there's a lot of DLC available for the game. A ton of DLC, yeah. What sort of stuff does it add in? Well, I don't know because I've only just acquired that DLC. Right. So, you, you yeah, I only just acquired the DLC. I've so just I'll done a Google search and I'm, I'm looking at this one's called Mars, All That Jazz and the, the J of Jazz's saxophone. Yep. I'm I'm intrigued by that. There, so one of the things that the game has is radio stations. So is that a radio pack? Ah, it may well be. Yeah, there are things like green cities and after hours, and I think something to do with snow. So it added it a, a weather system. Like a jazz club being added That'd into be the good game. Or yeah, a little like 1920 speakeasy. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been quite good. Maybe we should pitch it to Paradox. So Paradox, do you know Paradox? No, you mentioned them earlier because I was, I was going to query who made the game. I don't know this. I was gonna, I was gonna tell you a little bit about. Well, I was going to ask you if you knew Paradox. Paradox, a a game development studio with a good pedigree. They specialize in grand strategy games. So if you think Civilization, right, but then add in a ton of depth and detail in terms of what you have to manage and figure out. That is what a grand strategy game is and the one that really i mean they've got a lot of them that and i i am a big fan actually of paradox games but my favorite is europa universalis three was the one that got me into it and then never heard of them what is that so europa universalis is like civilization you start off like in the well not in the pre-dawn era but in in an earlier period of time of history and then you work through a huge span of time and you try and use diplomacy and war to build up a civilization and and reign supreme over other other civilizations but the the depth of understanding that you have to develop in playing you europa universalis is like unbelievable the learning curve is huge and it it took me several long gameplay sessions to really get to grips to the point where i could even be competitive against the computer right so for example you might start off as the you as britain you might start off as england and you you are this tiny little um spot in the vast swathe of europe europa 
and you work your way through the Renaissance and the Restoration periods, and all that time you you're playing diplomatic games with your neighbours, so the the little states that make up France and Germany and mm-hmm. uh, Italy and so on. But you're also trying to work yourself into a position of power, maybe with the Catholic Church. So you want to try and get yourself to be the Holy Roman Emperor so that you can then wield the power that that gives you to expand your state and expand your influence across Europe. It's brilliant. I I can't I can't sum it up in the few minutes of this podcast <laughs> that we've got left, but it is phenomenal. And the rest of their games, by all accounts, are are mass are massively good as well. There's Crusader Kings is another series that they do. Uh Hearts of Iron, which is like a I think it's a World War II uh grand strategy game. These are so far off my radar that Really? Um, yeah, I, I haven't heard of any of these games at all. I mean, well, there you go. I I don't know what to say. You should <laughs> I, I don't think you would have the patience, to no. be honest, to the way you described that game, uh, it doesn't interest me one iota. No. City Skylines, however is off the beaten track, I would say, in terms of certainly the PlayStation version, because the quality of life improvements that they've made even between the PC game and the PlayStation version, you you play this game with a controller, and it is so intuitive, so easy to use, so easy for someone to pick up, that I could probably give it to a, a child and they'd, they'd be able to get going with it. So that's interesting, because I at the moment I really want to get um, Two Point Hospital for the Switch. Yeah. And one of the things that I was unsure of was how yeah. that would translate to the Joy-Cons. Yeah. And a review, I think it was maybe on Eurogamer, they said about how actually the way they've done it is it's really, really good to use the shoulder buttons, I think, to, to scroll through the different menu options. And yeah. it takes a little bit of getting used to, but literally like a few minutes. And once once you've got over that, then it, it is just so easy to control. So I... I've always been a little bit wary of anything like this. So like Civilization came out on the DS and I know that it was very well regarded, but I also thought it's contextual to it being Civilization on the DS. Mm. It It's going to have problems that the PC game wouldn't have. And I was always a bit wary of getting invested in anything of that sort that sort of game on a console for that reason. Do you remember Theme Park on the... I know it was... It, it received a lot of its attention because it was on the PlayStation. But comparing the way that Theme Park played on the PlayStation to, to the way that Rollercoaster Tycoon plays on the PC, they were night and day in terms of enjoyment and accessibility. You could have used the, the mouse, couldn't you? The PlayStation 1 had a mouse. Well, I didn't, have a, I didn't even have a PC with a mouse, no. let alone a PlayStation mouse. I Theme didn't have a PlayStation. Came to, um, came to the SNES and Mega Drive as well. I'm sure it did. Yeah, yeah. And if you've ever played those versions, they were okay to then, maybe right. even. yeah. They might not have been, because if you think, it was uh, the time of Transport Tycoon. So that was out at the same time as, as this, in fact, earlier. And I, I think the system, the controls for that were probably more intuitive than than Theme Park. But anyway, right. console games and strategy games don't... Uh, sorry, consoles and strategy games, I don't think, in my head, go together very well. They have booked the trend for City Skylines. It is a vastly improved control system, I feel. So and have you been on on the PlayStation or on the PC? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been playing it because um, of our situation right now. Hannah, my wife, is working on the PC in the day because she's having to work from home, and then I'm doing all of my stuff at night. But right. I'm getting, I'm getting up while she's still at working, so I have a little tinker on on the PlayStation or something while she's while she's finishing off. And that's what I've been doing, and it's sucked me right in. 
So who do you recommend this game then? Who's it for? It's for anybody that likes man management sims. Man sims. Anyone that wants a little bit of control in these in these troubling times, you can assert your control that you lack in your real life in this game. Oh, that was a fantastic pitch. And even better... Was it really? You lent, <laughs> yeah, it was. And even better because you lent into the mic to do your serious gravelly voice. Gravitas. So yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to you though. At the same time, it's not Europa Universalis. That's what I was saying. I don't know if I got around to saying that. The way that they've streamlined the gameplay in this, in this particular genre is phenomenal really i think that they've done a really good job of simplifying something that could actually be quite complicated and so i would recommend it far wider to a far wider audience than if they hadn't have done that yeah so anyone that likes strategy in any way or wants to you know be a dictator because that's another person that it might appeal to (laughs) you get to deny the pleasures of your citizens if you want to if you so wish it's warfare part of it no no that's right then. It's peaceful, pacifist. But some of the some of the DLC does introduce natural disasters. Right. Well, that's so crisis fair. management again, wouldn't it be? Well, not not fair. That's the wrong word. That's realistic, I suppose. I like yeah. the fact that you said that there's a, a DLC for making a green, environmentally friendly city. Yeah, so that, it's called that, Green that, Cities. That one that appeals to me. Yeah. Because again, Two Point Hospital, there was a DLC pack for that where it was all about yes. A, an, an eco-friendly hospital there or something. was yeah and, you see and... i i do wonder whether you might like sky uh, city skylines off the back of your enjoyment of theme of theme hospital and and your interest in two-point hospital and and actually i think it is out, out on the switch as well cities right and okay, it would have the same control system so maybe maybe this game is for you maybe it is for you yeah so mm. it, it is on the switch yeah and therefore it's for you just loading up, see how much it is on the Switch, just out of... Oof, £36. Mm. I'd say it's worth that, but I got it for free on the PlayStation, so... Yeah. Good, there we go. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Do you think you'll buy it? You should buy it. No. Oh. In a nutshell, no. I knew that that was going to be the answer. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, <I am>. Sorry. <laughs> don't worry, it's fine. No, it just, it just doesn't really appeal to me at all. It might be something I'd maybe pick up at some point but equally there are so many other games that are higher up in the list that i don't know sorry and we'll be talking about one of those again in a few weeks i suppose brilliant so thank you again ashley as always you can join us on social media uh we're on facebook we're on instagram now we're on twitter instagram we're rapidly climbing up to 100 followers is that right yeah yeah we are we're we're somewhere in the 90s or we were when we recorded this anyway hopefully we'll be over 100 by the time you're listening to it which is just great yeah thank you everybody so we're back again in uh another week from now with uh another lots of episode uh, yeah and that'll be an- yours it will so until then stay safe and we'll see you then thank you very much bye bye this game where is a specky two guys production Music for the episode is provided under Creative Commons license by Stevia Sphere from the album Cell Division, which can be found at steviasphere.bandcamp.com.